0: This podcast is made possible by Sage People and U.S. Bank.
1: Hello, this is Jim Stewart, CFO at True Ventures, and you're listening to the CFO Thought Leader Podcast.
0: This is episode 430.
1: A lot of our finance people are modelers, so they build models at the line of business level, and they, they engage their business people in discussions around what's the success rate that we're going to think we ha- that we think we're going to have with this particular tactic that we're taking, um, and help us figure out what are the key metrics and what are what are the metrics that we can ignore because many metrics that that people will track and and use are are lagging metrics and they're not core to driving the revenue model. And through a a period of trial and error, you can go back and figure out what are the key metrics that drive our revenue model? How do those also drive our cost models? And what what leads to the best optimization of a mix of tactics that lead to revenue with lower costs that maximize profits?
0: From Middle Market Media, this is CFO Thought Leader, where we speak to finance leaders about driving change within their organizations. Hi, it's Jack Sweeney. It may come as a surprise to some to learn that Flagstar is today the third largest savings bank in the United States. Meanwhile, in the fourth quarter of this year, Flagstar will close on an acquisition That's due to enlarge its footprint inside the states of Ohio, Indiana, and Wisconsin. One more reason, we were pleased to catch up with Flagstar CFO Jim Ceroli recently. Our discussion with Jim begins after these words from our sponsor. Hello, Jack here. I have a message for you from the folks at Sage People. Decisions about your people should be driven by data. But is your HR department still using spreadsheets to keep track of your people? It's time to move to cloud. Understand what makes your employees tick. Know your best performers or determine absence trends all with a cloud, HR, and people system. Sage People empowers organizations to respond quickly and easily to changing priorities in today's shifting world of work. It means you can make sure your workforce is able to adapt while staying connected and engaged wherever they are. Discover how to get instant insights, at your fingertips. Visit us today at sageintact.com forward slash sage dash people. That's the perfect segue for us to enter the mentoring round. But first, we have a thought leader minute for you where I am once again back at a human capital conference asking different thought leaders my questions. Hello, we're at the HR Tech Conference and we're speaking to Oracle's Gretchen Alarcon. Gretchen, the year is 2020. Is the employee's annual performance review alive and well?
1: Great question. You know, I think what we're going to see, and we are two years out from that, so it's kind of coming right up, the movement has definitely been to more of a check-in or an informal kind of a coaching opportunity, and I think that's great in terms of day-to-day course correction. I do still think there is value in some form of a look back and look forward at some period of time. Maybe it's not a formal first time you've ever seen the feedback performance review, but it might be a summary that says, here's the coaching you received over the last year. Here's where we'd like you to continue to grow over the upcoming year. By the way, here's also what's happened with your compensation. Here's some other growth opportunities. So it becomes more of not a just assessment, but an actual discussion around who are you, how are you performing, and where is your place going to be in the company?
0: Gretchen, thanks for sharing your thoughts. To learn more, visit us at usbpayment.com. We always like to kick off the mentoring round with this question. What is one thing that's exciting you about finance and business today?
1: The the one thing that's exciting me, but also kind of challenging and and even withering, if I can be honest, is is just the complexity of of everything that we're facing. Interest rates are crazy. Liquidity is always fickle. And, and some of the challenges competitively, strategically, that we're facing as an institution and how technology is, is really transforming our competitive landscape and trying to figure out um, how to position the company Working with our CEO and Chief Operating Officer and Chief Risk Officer, how do we how do we position ourselves for success? The the daily challenges of that as as withering and as as, as uh, challenging as that might be, that gets me up every day. That motivates me to to uh, come to work and to be eager to go against that challenge.
0: So the first time you stepped in to that CFO office. I want to know, looking back now, and uh, what is that piece of advice you wish someone had given you, whispered in your ear that day if you could go turn back the page? What uh, what would you tell us?
1: You know, it's, 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 again, as much as I emphasize it, I also need to take a lesson out of my own book. It's all about the people. And, as I said, when it, when it came to Flagstar, it was obvious early on that I had to change people. In fact, in the interview process, it was suggested that I had to, there was going to be some people change out. And I could do that. But, but when you take some people out of the organization, even though everyone thinks that's the right decision to make, there's still some healing that the organization has to go through. And, you, you know, again, it, it comes back to, paying attention to the people side of, of leadership. And as as I said, one of one of my mentors was the CEO at First Niagara, and one of the things he he taught me was at this level, at this at, at the C level, 25 he said he, he gave me a metric. He's like 25% of your time should be focused on the people side of your, of your job. And when you when you sit there and you reflect on that and you think about if you're working 40 50 60 hours a week how many hours in the week that entails that you're focused on people and you're focused on on coaching and developing and, and who are my top performers and who are my high potential people and what do i need to do to 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 unleash their talents and and take them from where they are to a higher level i think that's about right 25% and that's a that's a challenge that i i look at myself I don't know if on a daily basis, but you know, certainly a few times a week, and challenge myself to make sure I'm spending and devoting enough time to the people. Uh, that's what I wish somebody would have. I, I underestimated that stepping into the, to the, uh, to this role. Even though, even though John would have uh, had given me the metric already, <laughs> I, I underestimated it.
0: Is there a book you'd recommend to aspiring finance leaders?
1: This is going to sound weird, and it's probably not on any of the, the book lists that most people see. But there's a book called Team of Rivals by Doris Kearns Goodwin, and I'm 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 not only a history buff, but I, I've I've a special interest in reading about the leadership of the presidents. And when I read Team of Rivals, I really garnered not only just a deeper appreciation of Abraham Lincoln's leadership style and how he managed the team of highly talented people that he had and and managed them through one of the toughest times in this country's history, but as 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 you reflect on what he was doing at the time and what we need to do as CFOs in terms of having highly talented people in our organization there's a lot of lessons that I took away in reading that book that I've used in my own leadership style, you know, and, and it's, it's, I think, made me just a better leader. It's, it's, it's lessons in being more humble and, and letting other people exercise a higher degree of autonomy and, and yet being, being the leader, being comfortable with that. And how how to effectively deal with that, uh, and uh, let your people not only, you know, get out uh, of their box and, and stretch themselves, but uh, encouraging that. Uh, that's that's the lessons of the book. I, you know, I'm sure a lot of people are mentioning would mention other other business books too, to answer that question. But my book's that Team of Rivals by uh, Doris Kearns Goodwin.
0: Okay. Our final question, what are your priorities as a finance leader over the next 12 months?
1: <laughs> you know, as a finance leader, I, 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 we we had a risk discussion about this actually yesterday. And I said, um, this was to a group of auditors, and I think they were a little taken aback by this. I said, oh, look, I'm trying to grow the stock price. And so they naturally went to, you know, kind of, you know, wow, that's a little bold. I said, look, our job is to add value. So it's a matter of what's finance's role in in increasing our stock price and and what finance's role is and and where I'm focused right now is continuing to improve our analytical ability to help our business leaders identify what's going to make their businesses better. I tell my finance people constantly, it our job isn't to isn't to drive the business earnings. Our job is to help those business leaders drive the business earnings. And it, it, the distinction may be subtle, but it's important that we're carrying out business strategy through business people. And our job is to help them identify how to focus their their energy and resources into those areas that are going to lead to greater profitability. And that's where we come back to building the models and having the conversations at that level with our business leaders. What drives profitability? What do we need to do more of? What do we need to do less of? And when we do more of this activity that we think is going to drive profitability, let's, 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 let's hypothesize and let's test what we think those hypotheses are and let's learn from that testing and come back and refine that and then test again. And through that iterative process of hypothesizing and testing, you'll learn what really does drive the business, and through that process, you, you'll, you'd be surprised at how much you'll be able to improve the business. Jim Cirelli, thank you for joining us on CFO Thought Leader. Thank you, Jack. Thanks for having me.
0: leader listeners whether you've already ascended into the ranks of finance leaders or have only just begun the journey your professional narrative needs a reboot join our email list at cfothoughtleader.com and receive my latest email series finance and the power of narrative it's time to mobilize the past to achieve your goals thank you for listening